Thank you so much, Cindy and the team, for your worship and for your prayers. Good morning, everybody. It's uh, lovely to see you here. Let me add my welcome. My name's Ellen. If you don't know who I am, I'm one of the ministers on the team here. And it's great to see you today, whether you are a regular, maybe you are a returner. Every week there are people who are coming back as we emerge from COVID. And if that's you, you're really welcome. And there are some new faces among us today too. So it's always a joy to have new people with us. And if that's you, you are so, so welcome and hope that you enjoy being with us. And it's good to have you with us on the stream as well. Thank you for joining with us. Just a heads up for you that we'll be sharing in communion a bit later And we always want those of you who are joining from home to feel very much part of what goes on here. So do grab some bread and wine and join us when we share in communion a bit later on. Dawn's read for us our Bible reading, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 3. For those of you who like to have that with your finger in it ready, so that when we come to look at that passage, uh, you can see where we are. So, as Roger says, we are in the third week in our series called Heartbeats. And the idea is that over four Sundays together, we are looking at our values here at CBC, the things that characterise us. And there are four values, four commitments that we hold to, and this is them. We have a commitment to the lost, the last and the least. We are committed to being missionally shaped. There is a commitment to unity and partnership and a commitment to being family together. And we heard Andy speak about our commitment to the lost, the last, and the least two weeks ago. I spoke last Sunday on our commitment to being missionally shaped. And today we're thinking about this theme, unity and partnership. And we've called this series Heartbeat because we want to talk about those things that are core to who we are, the things that we value deeply, the things that if we practice them and hold to them, they'll be like our heartbeat. They will give life and health to us and to our community. Partnership. The dictionary defines the noun partner in this way, a person who shares or is associated with another in some action or endeavour a sharer, an associate. So partnership conveys this idea of working together for a common aim, to join together for a shared purpose. Now, if I asked you to name some well-known partnerships, I'm sure you wouldn't have any trouble. These are some that came to mind. Before I show you them, I just want to say I didn't think deeply about it, okay? So these are just some that don't judge me on any of them. Uh, These are just some that sprung to my mind. There's something that we appreciate instinctively when people work together, whether that's TV or light entertainment or sports or music or whatever. I feel like I added Torval and Dean because I have been watching the Winter Olympics. I might not necessarily have uh, gravitated to them, first of all. Anybody else enjoying watching sports they'd never really heard of and don't fully know what the rules are? I was there with my cup of tea at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, watching the men's curling final, not understanding the rules and having a lovely time. although the women's final was in the middle of the night, wasn't it? So I missed that. I, I'm, not, I'm not that keen. Partnership, and we won, exactly, our first gold medal. Partnership conveys a shared purpose. That's what partnership is. It's shared value, shared working together to achieve more than can be done apart. And partnership is a key concept in our Bibles. The Bible is full of exhortations about the way that we work together as God's people and how God wants to work in us and through us. We'll dive into 1 Corinthians 3 in just a moment, but the same author, the Apostle Paul, says this to the Philippian Christians in Philippians 1, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Why? 
because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now? What is it that gives Paul joy and make him thank God? It's the partnership, the partnership he shares with the Philippians in the gospel, the way they partner with him for the kingdom. When we talk about what's important to us here at CBC, then unity and partnership is a key value. Knowing that we partner with God and with one another is key to us. It reminds us that as we serve God, it's not about us, but about him. There's a humility that we want to embody, that we've been singing about. And it gives some hallmarks of church life here in this little bit of God's kingdom and wider in our city that we want to convey to the world. So I want to say three things about partnership as we try to understand Paul's heart and mind as he writes to believers. And the first is just a reminder, and I guess it's a foundational truth really, which is that God chooses to partner with us. Before we think about the ways that we work together and with others, just to remember that God, in his grace, wants to use us for his kingdom. The local church is his plan A for reaching the world, and he doesn't have a plan B. And of course, the local church is made up of individual disciples, Christians, who recognize each of us knowing that God wants to use us in his purposes. And so we come with a grateful humility that God chooses to partner with us. In the passage that we've heard read, Paul refers to himself and to Apollos as servants. What, after all, is Apollos And what is Paul? Only servants through who you came to believe. And that word servants, unlike slaves, can mean the ones who wait on tables. It's got that sense about it. The ones who do kind of do the serving, a sense of service about it. Kevin and I went out for a meal this weekend for the first time in like ages and ages and ages and ages and ages, we used a voucher. I think we were given it like nine months ago or something and we hadn't had a chance to use it yet because COVID. And it was really nice to be out. We went to this really lovely restaurant and we got there, had a very pleasant welcome at the door, were shown to our seats. The waiter was very pleasant and very attentive and so on. But of course, that wouldn't have really meant anything in particular unless we'd enjoyed the food. The food was delicious. It was great. And what Paul is conveying here, and we'll flesh this out more as we go through in a moment, is that Paul and Apollos, those who are leading, might be the ones serving the food, but it's God that's doing the cooking. It doesn't matter who the waiter is, Paul is saying. What matters is who is in charge in the kitchen. So God chooses to use us to serve. It's a privilege, and we should be grateful for it and hold it humbly, because actually, what is it about the servants unless God himself the one in the kitchen, to take the food analogy, unless we're bringing the the bread of life to people and he is the one that is glorified. This church is not our church, it's his. Our lives are not our lives, but his. They belong to him. So we remember firstly with gratitude that God did not have to, but he chooses to partner with us. We're also called to partner together in the church. So Paul writes to the Corinthian Christians in our reading And really what he's saying is he wants the Corinthians to adopt the right perspective when approaching kingdom service. That's really the heart of it. 
And what he's saying here in our section, in 1 Corinthians 3, is intertwined with the argument that he makes that stretches right back to the beginning of his letter and his theme, which he spells out back in chapter 1, verse 10. He says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. And throughout this letter, Paul is coming against various elitist attitudes and actions by some of the Corinthians that have damaged the unity and partnership that they share. They thought of themselves as super mature compared to others in the community. And in various ways throughout the letter, Paul counters this and tells them what true wisdom is through the foolishness of the cross. And now in our chapter, the importance of recognising that it's God who does the kingdom work. It's not people or personalities. Verse 5 from our section. What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants, that word, servants, through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So he emphasizes that it, emphasizes that it doesn't matter who gets the credit. It's not him or Apollos or anyone else in the church. They are co-workers, co-workers in God's service. One might do the watering, one might do the planting, but it's God who brings the growth. So unity and partnership as we partner together in God's church has got some hallmarks about it, including these that we see. A shared heart and mind around the purposes of God. Verse 5, God gives the tasks. Verse 9, we work together for one purpose. Recognizing that we are co-workers together. Verse 9, there's no one more important than another. And in fact, we're more productive and more fruitful when we work together. Um, verse 10 about the foundations, building wisely and carefully on Jesus Christ. And above all, knowing that it is the Lord, God himself, who gets the glory and the credit. God has been making it grow, he says. That's an inspiring list to pray about as we serve God together. I hope all your homes survived Storm Eunice over the weekend. I want to show you um, a really funny clip, um, and it's a great example of how not to work together. It's, uh, it's really short, and it's of a woman who was trying to tie down the cover of her patio furniture outside, and she gets into trouble. Uh, just for a little bit of light relief, have a look at this.
so her husband, you know, rather than going and helping out, watches the footage and then posts this with about 10 laughing emojis on social media and says, you've got to watch my wife trying to tie down this patio furniture. And it's received tens of thousands and thousands and thousands of views. That's how not to do unity and partnership. Let's look back at these hallmarks together. As we emerge from this pandemic and as we look to the future, we could do worse than praying that we would share these hallmarks together. I am I'm so grateful to be part of a church where there is so much of this. We are building on the strong foundations of previous generations here where we benefit from a culture of shared heart and purpose around the things of God. And one of the applications for all churches in this post-pandemic season as we look again about what it means to be committed to each other and partner together in the local church um, has got to be about, about this, about our gatherings together. COVID has meant we haven't been able to meet. And then when we have, there have been restrictions for nearly two years. Our normal programs have been interrupted. We've had to find creative ways of connecting and keeping in touch. This church has been amazing at looking out for and supporting one another. You've been so patient with all of the upheaval. But now we are emerging. And if ever there was a time to reconnect and recommit, it is now. The Evangelical Alliance have produced some statistics on church attendance post-COVID. And that proves what every church leader I know is saying, which is that people aren't prioritising this sense of gathering together on a Sunday in the way that they used to. Sundays feel to many more optional than they did. And I guess I just want to say in a message on partnership, just to remind us that this is really important getting back into good habits of meeting together, hearing God's word, praying together. For this to be what we often describe as the half-time team talk, where you come and are encouraged and then sent out into your frontline place to serve God. As the world settles down again, let's prioritise this. People are understandably, we are rightly thinking about our priorities and what, what, we, what gives and what the balance of our lives looks like going forward. Really good and really healthy. But this matters, this matters. And there's something about unity and partnership which involves a commitment to gathering together as family in this way. Another aspect of partnership in the life of our church here at CBC is um, church membership. Later on in the service, we'll share in communion together. And before that, I'm going to welcome two people into membership. If you've been around our church for a little while, you'll know our pattern. The way that we express a sense of commitment and belonging to each other is in church membership. Anybody who loves and follows Jesus, is welcome to be a member. And we see membership as a covenant thing, really. By becoming a member, what you're doing is committing to us, this little corner of God's kingdom, and we are committing to you. You're saying, this is, this is my spiritual home, this is where I want to be and to receive and to serve, and we're committing to you, to loving you and helping you and leading you and being family to you. And it's a real help. It helps for things like communication, for those who've said, this is my home base. Hopefully, it helps to you uh, to feel connected and part of the family and fully part of the decision-making. You're not signing up forever. It doesn't matter how briefly you might be here. If this is the place for you now, you would be welcome to be a member.
Once someone has become a member, you might have seen us welcome people in on a Sunday and ask people to sign this book. Uh, it's quite precious to us. We lock it away from Sunday um, to Sunday. And what we do is we get all members to sign this book. It was, it's, um, you know, this is not like an in the Bible thing. This is just a nice piece of heritage for us here at the church. It was started 70 years ago when the church was founded. And we've got a record of every member that we've had here to date. It's a lovely tradition thing that's been passed down to us. If you look inside it, you can't read it, but just to give you a sense, there's some words of covenant that the um, first members wrote. Um, there's also the date of the inaugural service, September 1951, hence us having our 70th anniversary service, you might remember, in the autumn last year. And then a list of where the people have signed. We're currently up to, I think it's 980-something uh, signatories in here. What a precious thing that, that all these people, who, many of whom are now long with the Lord, are part of the family, the unity and partnership together here at our church. So if you would consider this church to be your spiritual home, if this is the place for you for now... Do consider church membership. Um, it's a simple process. Come and talk to me or any of the leaders or email into the office. And um, we would love to get the ball rolling on that for you. One final comment I want to make about partnering together before we move on to a, a final uh, point to make. At the end of January, Carl Beach spoke here in our morning service. It was on the back of 24 Hours Away with... 60 or so of our men at an event called Men United. And he spoke at the, the weekend with them and then spoke here on the Sunday morning. And if you were here, you'll remember that he shared a prophetic word that he felt for us as a church here. And this is what he said. It was longer, but this was the key section of it. He said that Chichester Baptist would be known as a centre for reconciliation and grace and peace. And through that, you will be remarkable ambassadors, and many will come to Christ. That's quite a word, isn't it? And he suggested that we weigh it, and we as leaders spent some time thinking about it and praying about it. And it resonated with us, firstly, because we do have a long history of unity that we treasure, which is why unity and partnership is one of our key values. But we recognise the upheaval that COVID has brought, that relationships and connections have been harder. This word inspired us to pray towards that again. And we've also had a bumpy journey in various ways over the last year. And we need to acknowledge it has not always been an easy time for us as we have tried to discern what God was saying to us for the future leadership of the church here. There's something reassuring as well as challenging about this word that God knows and he sees and he wants to work in us for reconciliation and grace. And I'd want to say for any of you who've been disappointed or hurt in the last months, how sorry I am about that. It resonates to us in reminding us of our calling as a church. It's a vision to pray into being that we might be a center of reconciliation and grace and peace. That's ambassadors that see many find faith. Please God, let that be so. One of our key values is a commitment to unity and partnership. 
And it feels really important post-COVID and with the journey that we've been on to cultivate it and to protect it, whatever that might mean. Speaking well of each other, making space that is needed for healthy disagreement, honouring one another as co-workers in God's church. God chooses to partner with us and we partner together in the church. And that is a privilege. We also partner together in the city. We are just one part of God's kingdom here in the city. God is at work right across the city through a whole bunch of churches and communities. I mentioned having an attitude of humility as we recognize that it's God who brings about any growth. Um, Verse 7 of our passage says that, if you've got it there, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, only God who makes things grow. Part of our commitment to unity and partnership is saying we are part of God's wider plans. It's not about us and one church. We want to celebrate and champion others. The local church leaders meet together here in the city every month for lunch and to share and pray together. It happened to be this week on Wednesday. We share the the hosting of it. It happened to be here this time. So a bunch of local church leaders met in the upper room here on Wednesday. And the grouping is called the Nehemiah Partnership. Uh, The name came years ago from a a shared commitment to a rebuilding of the city walls together, hence Nehemiah. And partnership, expressing something of what we've talked about today, a shared sense of building around the purposes of God together. And it's a great group, and I've really come to appreciate the uh, friendship and support there. There are a whole bunch of different traditions represented, different styles, as you can imagine, different interpretations of some aspects of the Bible, but all united around a love for Jesus and a desire to be his hands and feet in the city. It's a great picture of local church leaders and therefore their churches standing in unity as we work for the good of the city. If you are looking for a good church in Chichester, there are lots and lots of good options. That's what we try to say to new people who come to us. If it's here, brilliant. If it's not here, there are lots of good churches. We want to speak well of other churches and other leaders. That's part of our value of unity and partnership, which is to see ourselves just as one part of what God is doing in the wider community and to join in with it. So we come with gratitude and we come with humility for these things today. God chooses to partner with us. We partner together as co-workers in the church and we partner together in the city. We're going to share in communion shortly, which is a, a really helpful, visible expression of our unity as we share this meal together. And it would be good to pray about some of these hallmarks I've mentioned, and we'll do that over communion. So for now, I'm going to invite Cindy and the band to come back. There's a song which points us towards the cross, which is where partnership is truly found in the Lord Jesus as we remember his death and resurrection. So we'll sing this song, and then in a moment after that, we'll move towards communion. <laughs>